Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. God's people were in a desperate condition, and their cries reached the ears of God, who fully desired to save them. But he first needed to complete the preparation of his called one Moses before moving for the accomplishment of his purpose. What was the preparation that such a great and mighty man of God needed before God could use him? We hope that you'll stay with us as we look at God's preparation of Moses. And joining us for another journey into the book of Exodus today is Dick Taylor. Dick, welcome back once again. Thanks again, Chris. It's wonderful to be back. Dick, we're going to look at Moses again today in a couple of aspects. He had a definite and complete calling by God, but also in the account of these early chapters in Exodus, we can see that God had to fully prepare him before he could call and use him. A lot of the stories and events that are in Exodus that have become famous Bible stories are really part of that preparation, aren't they? They really are. These are not merely stories. But like you said, these are all related to the word preparing. The Lord was preparing Moses as his called one, and a lot of steps had to be taken. And it's evident that to be God's proper called one, Moses needed a lot of preparation. When we look at his uh, beginning, he was first called, but he carried out God's call 100% by his natural strength his natural life, his natural disposition, and that's when he strangled the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Well, this scared not only the Egyptian, this scared even his own people to the point where uh, nobody would trust him as God's called one. So he needed a lot more preparation, prepared in the sense that he needs some co-workers, we could say, that are a match to him. And he also needs the cutting. In other words, he needs to be properly under the killing of the cross. So these are stories and events, but the essence of them is God preparing Moses as his fully equipped and prepared called one. Dick, we had a little technical problem with the very first portion of this tape, but in it we would have heard Witness Lee declare that God's calling of Moses is really the most complete calling of any of his servants in the whole Bible. He particularly liked Moses as an example of the serving one of God and what his life unveils to us. That's kind of the backdrop we're going to have as we begin today in chapter 4 of Exodus, God preparing Moses. There was an anger of the Lord toward Moses because Moses was somewhat arguing with the Lord. The Lord gave him the calling and charge him and give him the way and so forth. Eventually, Moses still say that he was not qualified. Moses should have said, Lord, okay, as you called me and as you have told me so much, 
and also you have given me the three signs. Could you believe that after the three signs, Moses still said to Lord, you better send the other one. I don't care what you say. After listening to you so much, I would still say, you better send some other, not me. I'm still not qualified. You know, deep in the heart of the Lord, the Lord wanted to have Aaron to match Moses. Two is according to the principle of the body. So for Aaron to match Moses, this is basically according to the divine principle. You check with verse 14. The Lord was ready. The Lord was expecting that Moses would realize he needed someone to match him and that Moses would go to Aaron. We all have to realize the Lord is always so wise. Some of the things he is willing to do for you, but he would not do it until you realize it. And some of the things the Lord is ready to give you, but he would not give you until you feel the need. He is wise and he is sovereign and he is ready. He's ready to have something for this one. But he wouldn't say it. He would wait until this one fills the need. This is very, very meaningful. Then you may ask why there was the anger there. Apparently, it is bad. Actually, it is very sweet. Why anger here indicates what? A sweet, intimate, human fellowship. When God came to Moses, calling him, God came as the angel of the Lord. Here, the Lord talked to Moses just like a man talking to another man. If you, as a husband, had never had a kind of pleasant anger toward your wife, you are not a good husband. <laughs> and you don't know how to be a good husband. I don't mean every day you need such anger. <laughs> Maybe once 10 years. Once 10 years, oh, in the evening, you had an anger. But that anger was intimate, which you would never have or any other one. You may consider here these two, God and Moses, as a couple. And you may consider them as two friends. Their kind of a conversation was very intimate. Dick, I like this first portion today. These verses in chapter 4 show us a very interesting interaction between God and Moses regarding how Aaron, Moses' brother, would become a match to Moses. What do we see here, Dick, in this interesting conversation between God and his called one? We see somebody that's being called by God but is reluctant to accept the call. Uh, When he was not prepared at all, he was bold to accept the call. He said, yeah, I'll deliver the children of Israel out of bondage, and he did it in his own strength, his own power, 
absolutely independent from God, and it was a terrible way to start. Now he's gone through uh, 40 years under Jethro, 40 years of shepherding sheep, and he's to the point where he feels like he's not qualified to do anything. And he keeps telling the Lord, I'm slow of speech. My tongue is heavy. I can't say anything. How could I be used by you to deliver your people? But the Lord just keeps speaking to him in an encouraging way, indicating that deep in God's heart, his desire was to match him up with Aaron in order to carry out God's calling. But Moses was really procrastinating making excuse after excuse. But you can see the conversation between Moses and God was a very intimate one, as a man to a man, very human. And although the Lord was angry, he was angry in an intimate way, even in a sweet way. Sometimes the people we really love and we're close to, there is an anger, but the anger turns out to be in an affectionate, intimate, sweet way. And this was the kind of relationship that was transpiring between God and Moses at this point and in this conversation. He was trying to match Moses with Aaron so that Moses could be a properly prepared, called one to be really useful to the Lord. Dick, this is a critical point. We're going to look at it in the coming section, but I want to go back to that verse you mentioned, because this match in God's move among those taking the lead or charged with the responsibility for the lead Uh, Witness Lee said, even as a principle that's consistent throughout the Bible, I recall that he mentions Paul there as an example. Even though Paul clearly was in the lead, Paul was always careful never to move individually and, and by himself uniquely. He was always blended with those around him. So the Lord told Moses, moreover, he shall speak for you to the people. He shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be as God to him. Quite a match. Perfect for God's move. Let's go back to Witness Lee. God did want Moses to have a match. In the divine principle, the Lord would never have his servant, like Moses, to be individualistic. This is against the divine principle. According to the divine principle, Moses needed Aaron. Aaron was there not as an excellent. Aaron was there prepared for God already. God designed this way. If you are a called one of the Lord, you must realize the need of another to match you. When we come to New Testament, we could see that when the Lord Jesus sent disciples, he always sent them two by two. The Apostle Paul was always not acting, not behaving individualistically. He always had some other one or some other ones to match him. To be individualistic is against the principle of the body. The more the better, because the more you have matching you the more you all can represent the body. Individualism is not a kind of proper representation. To have a match is always a hard lesson. Here, the lesson was in a match of a younger brother to be the leading one. 
and an elder brother to be the following one. This was exactly the uh, preparation God made for Moses. You just consider for a third one to be the leader, above the first two, above the elder sister and above the elder brother. That was not so easy for Moses. For Moses, there was such a need, such a kind of hard situation, hard circumstances. You don't know such a kind of environment does a lot help to you. Without such hard match, there's no restriction, there's no protection, there's no safeguard. You and me, we all need such a match. Moses was the most humble person on this earth. What made Moses the most humble one on this earth? Marian and Aaron. <laughs> Don't think today you could have a match that is always so pleasant to you. Maybe 99 times pleasant to you, at least one time. Haha. That would help you to the utmost, but not so pleasant. Dick, in this principle that we talked about before and just heard Witness Lee mention, God shows us throughout the Bible that the leading ones in his move always need to be matched with another one. This principle really is God's wisdom, isn't it, Dick? It really is, because this principle touches the matter of living in the body. The real need is the building up of the body of Christ. So for any of us to live and act and move individualistically goes against the principle of the body. For Moses to be a proper called one, really useful to the Lord, he must be matched by Aaron and others for the sake of God's move. Otherwise, he's just living in an individualistic way. By yourself, for example, you may be able to accomplish a lot, but Eventually, it will not be very profitable for the building up of the body of Christ. And even among Christians today, sorry to say, Chris, there are many who have just gone on their own individual track. And the result is maybe many things outwardly appear to be accomplished, but where is the testimony of the building up of the one body of Christ? It's not there. There's just division. The Lord was training and preparing Moses to be a proper called one, for the building up of his people in oneness, and that was by matching him with Aaron. I appreciate this fact very much. Every time I consider him, I am joyful. On the other hand, I have tears, and that is consider my dear co-worker in the Lord and my dear brother in the Lord, Brother Howard Agashi. The Lord from the beginning, 30 years ago almost, matched us together. It doesn't mean we were always real nice to each other. Sometimes we, we hit some hard spots, but we realized we were matched together by the Lord. I just appreciate with joy this brother who accepted God's calling and even accepted being matched with somebody like me. So this is a big principle. Every one of you under God's sovereignty has been matched with somebody. You need to open up to the Lord and say, Lord, I agree with your match. This match will be a real perfecting to you to be a proper called one by God for his purpose. If we're not properly matched, then what happens is 
we don't have the proper restriction, the proper protection, and the proper safeguard. All of us goes off individualistically, and there's nothing accomplished for the building up of the one body of Christ. Dick, I want to ask you about another aspect of this matching. In this story of Moses, we see that he was matched both with his older brother and, in a sense, even with his older sister. It's pointed out that this helped to humble Moses. How did this match work to humble him? This match helped to humble him in the sense of keeping him from being proud, because even God said, you will be as God to Aaron. So actually, Moses was the leading one. He was the real called one. But yet the Lord gives him his brother, who's a little older, who's more capable in a sense, more eloquent, and his older sister, to be a match to keep him properly humble. And it says in the Bible that uh, Moses was the most humble man. What caused him to be humble was this proper match, which kept him away from this terrible disease. If we are not careful, it says in 1 Peter, if we're proud, the enemy will devour us like a lion. So the Lord says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Well, Dick, we've seen in his preparation that Moses now has been matched. He has also been humbled. But you alluded to one in the introduction today, and this is going to be the focus of our final section, in fact. He not only needed to be matched and humbled, a cutting needs to take place. I think we better read a couple verses here that Witness Lee is going to refer to, and this is Exodus chapter 4, verses 24 and 25. Now it came about at the lodging place on the way that the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet. And she said, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. Here's Witness Lee. Everything was ready, and Moses was on the way. It seemed that the calling was completed. Moses took his wife and took his two sons. They were traveling. It happened in the night when they were resting in the ancient motel. The Lord came to seek Moses. Where's Moses? I'm going to kill him. Moses was shocked, and Zipporah was scared to death. What is this? I do believe Moses right away realized what was wrong. That one of his two sons was not circumcised. Zipporah was a gentle woman. It was not so easy for a gentle woman to see her little child being cut. But now this God of separation came in to force this cutting. She did it with a piece of stone. And she did the cutting in urgency, also in a kind of unpleasant atmosphere. Because after she cut the skin, she threw the skin to Moses and called Moses the bloody husband. The skin was cut. The circumcision was completed. And then God let them go. We all have need of the male help, like Aaron. We also need the female help. The help from the poor. What is this help? Aaron's male help was matching. And this female help was cutting. 
Every colon of God needs these two helps, the matching and the cutting, if you have ever married. To you, the most cutting one is your dear wife. We have to see this as looking at a picture. By this cutting in the eyes of the Torah, Moses was a husband under death all the time. A bloody husband means what? Means a husband under death all the time. If we brothers do mean business with the Lord, we have to be a husband all the time under the death, especially in the eyes of our wives. God can never use one still living in the flesh. God can never use one still living in the natural life. The flesh, the natural life, has to be cut off, has to be circumcised. And God can never use one who has never been separated to him. So there was such a situation there because after the calling, Moses with his family, including his wife, was on the way to carry out God's commission. God would not tolerate any longer. Then the reason was exposed. Then everything was brought to light. Moses was brought to light. Zipporah was brought to light. Everything was exposed. So, after these two incidents, the calling to Moses was complete. Then after this, Moses was really ready to go to Egypt to carry out God's commission. This is a full picture of God's calling to his calling. Dick, in God's calling of Moses, God used both his brother Aaron and his wife Zipporah as helps to him. Of course, many people realize that Aaron became a kind of spokesman for Moses. Surely this was a help to him. But Zipporah was a kind of cutting to Moses. How was this cutting a help to him? For Moses to be a proper called one, he needed his calling completed. He needed the male matching, and he needed the female cutting. Well, it's very interesting. While they're staying in this inn, this ancient motel, God comes to seek to kill Moses. This is hard to figure out, but when you see these verses in context, you realize God's reasoning was, Moses, you have nothing to do with my ministry unless there is circumcision of the flesh. It makes it clear in these verses that no doubt his youngest son, probably because of the resistance of his Gentile wife Zipporah, had not yet been circumcised. So here's Moses on his way to carry out God's ministry, but he's going basically in the flesh. So the Lord is very upset. So basically his seeking to kill him means He's letting Moses know, you are finished with my ministry if you just go in the flesh. So here is this bloody, crude cutting and circumcision of the flesh. But it's a very interesting situation to make it very clear that because an uncircumcised situation causes us to be finished with the ministry of God, we must have the flesh circumcised. Circumcision always allows us to be ushered into the ministry. Moses was on his way to carry out God's commission, but you can see now from the context of these verses, 
and through this life study that to be a person who is really in life, really enjoying God and one with God, you cannot do it in the flesh. The flesh must be cut. And Zipporah, when she cut the foreskin, threw it, in a sense, at the feet of Moses and said, bloody husband, indicating that as God's called one, we always need to be under the killing of the Lord's death so that we could be a proper called one who is in resurrection. Without the Lord's cutting death, we could never be those who are really in the Lord's living resurrection to be useful to him. So we need the matching of the male, Aaron. We need the cutting of the female, Zipporah. We need to appreciate that the Lord went through his precious death, entered into resurrection, so that we could live in oneness with him by the power of his resurrection, enjoy the killing of his death and the crucifying of our flesh so that we could be genuinely useful to him as those who are full of the divine life. Dick, you brought that very close to all of us. We may be saved and believers born again and destined to be with the Lord for eternity. But if our living shows no sign of this cutting, we're really not that useful, are we? No, we are not. So we really see a lot from this life study concerning Moses. The completion of his calling requires the male matching and the female cutting. This really applies to our Christian life today. So we're not just Christians in theory, but we have a daily life that lives Christ. Dick, thank you for being with us. These are remarkable life studies. They're taking Old Testament stories that we may know in in our background, but what a view they are portraying for us of our Christian life. Amen. That's true. Today, for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today. Where is Jesus Christ today, and does He really care? But being full of the Holy Spirit, Stephen looked intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Acts chapter 7, verses 55 and 56. The Lord in ascension is usually referred to as sitting at the right hand of God. But Stephen saw him standing there. This indicates that the Lord was greatly concerned for his persecuted one. Scripture, Acts 7, 55 and 56, 
and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.